This podcast is presented by Rabbi Peretz Muchkin, speaking to the millennial generation. Hello, welcome to the Rabbi Peretz podcast. We are all about the modern life that you're living and the authentic Jewish practices that you come from and putting them together and giving you the confidence and tools to go out there and be a leader and affect the world around you. And in order to do so, you need to have the tools to be able to express not only what's going on with you right now, but how it connects to who you are and where you're going. And there is no better time to talk about these things than in the month we're in right before Rosh Hashanah, the high holidays. Rosh Hashanah, which literally means the head of the year, is all about establishing a head to your year. In other words, a clear focal point ahead, a brainwave, central nervous system space uh, from where we evaluate what we're all about and where we are headed. The central tool or ritual, you might say, that allows us to get to this space is the shofar. The shofar is the ram's horn that is blown on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur, but lesser known is that the shofar is blown for 30 days before the high holiday. So I walk around the streets holding a shofar and I just wait for somebody to say, hey, what's that? And I say, a shofar. And I say, what does it do? And I take that as a deer and I just blow the shofar. So blowing it all around town, you can follow me on, on Instagram if you want to see some of those shofar blowings happening. Otherwise, uh, just give me a thumbs up and I'll come to your neighborhood and I'll blow the shofar for you. In the meantime, During this time of year, I really think about the biggest message of this time of year, which is, what am I here for? What does a new year bring? What does the time that we're in allow me to see what I'm up to and where am I going and what am I doing with my life? Last year, I thought about how I needed to take steps in my physical health and healing in order to connect to this incredible community of mine that is very much into their physical health. And I appreciate that. I looked at that as a spiritual calling to align my physicality with my energy on the inside. In other words, bring my outside energy and inside energy together. And I don't know if I'm ever going to be finished with that journey, but it certainly was an incredible year and losing weight and getting in better shape to give myself that fighting chance. But on a deeper level, I'm now at this year and I realized that what was really calling me was, of course, not just the physical conditioning, but the real concept of this year that calls to me is the concept of rehabilitation. In Jewish tradition, you can use the lens of rectification, or the Hebrew word would be tikkun, which means to repair, but the right word to really express it is the rehabilitation of life itself is something that needs to be revisited maybe every day, but certainly on Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year, when we have an opportunity to set the standard for what we're all about, it's important to use this power and this time to have this rehabilitative force. See, every year represents a spiral of time, an upward spiral. And each year, as you go through the perpetual cycle of the year, you get on a higher level than the year before. And This spiral and time methodology is easily why in Jewish tradition, no matter what happens in your life, you're always on a higher level, which means always a higher capacity to be successful. So when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, the first way to approach this 
time and space is to think about the success you're going to have because of the upward spiral ability to tap into time and to tap into the forces around you you should know that even if you don't feel so accomplished you are on the shoulder of great accomplishments going on around you and in the time we're in it has to be an upward spiral time where we're able to reach even higher than the year before so each year is another year closer to our ability to find and maximize our potential. So with the central ritual being the blowing of the shofar and 30 days before the holiday blowing the shofar, I thought it would be important to talk a little bit and express a little bit about what the shofar really means, what the sound of the shofar is. After all, how could you connect modern and authentic practices if it's just a ritual of blowing a ram's horn? So we're going to dig a little deeper into this idea. Now, the most classic ritual of blowing the shofar could be seen just from the lens of the siren saying, it's time for the new year. The new year is here. Just like any other sound that gets that has a reason for the sound and wants you to connect with what it's trying to call you to, the shofar has its call that it's trying to call you to. And simply its first call is that the new year's is here. Rosh Hashanah is here. This happens on an intellectual level and on an emotional level. On an intellectual level, you might say that the sound itself is the beginning of something, like the sound that begins a race or the siren that calls to something important happening, a fire alarm, something that calls you to really take attention that something is going on. There's something about intellectually the way it clears your mind certain sounds and allows you to go right into what is needed to be done, clears the space that you're in. There's something about the sound, like when you're driving on the, on the lonely roads and a deer comes in the middle of the road, you want to shine your brights, but that gets them stuck in their space. But one honk of the horn gets them moving right away. The sound is what really affects them. So there's something penetrative about the sound intellectually that helps you transcend your regular frame of thought and your process and helps you go straight to the idea itself. But the chauffeur really is animated emotionally because there are certain things that can't be fully understood intellectually until emotionally you really take it in. Take, for example, great ideas about being in a good mood and being mindful and being able to relax and then think about how long it would take you to intellectually take these ideas and have it affect your body. Yet, listen to some good music and put yourself in a position for some good melodic tunes around you and see how quickly it takes you to a much better space and a much higher space. What type of experience do you have when you go to a concert or when you put on your favorite album? How does it make you feel? Sound clearly deep goes even deeper than intellectual feelings can take you there. Or at least let's say it can take you there exponentially quicker. The sound of the shofar is there to affect you intellectually and emotionally. On a simple level, it's about intellectually and emotionally being close to God, which is truly a higher form of reality. However, there is a function of the shofar that is more than just what seems to be a dogmatic principle. It's there to function as something closer to your own existence. Every person has a sound that emits from them. You have a heartbeat 
You have brain waves that operate, and you have a certain way about yourself that there's a certain tune that emits within you. That tune may not be readily felt by you all the time, but you can feel others humming across their world, playing their note in their own way. The shofar is there to take your note and bring it out. The narrow end of the shofar goes to the wide end. It wants you to bring your own sound and bring it out into the world. And just simply think about intellectually, am I bringing out my uniqueness to the world? And emotionally, am I developing my sense of emotion or am I still acting like a child? Surely it's not about a child child, but about an emotional maturity that's needed in order to really stabilize and balance what you're all about. If it's a brain holiday and if it's a head of the new year, then it must be about a stabilizing balanced force required of the human being. So the chauffeur is simply there to remind us of this balance necessary, of this perfect sound that emits when we express our intellect and emotional uh, capacities on a higher level, we start emitting a sound that is in tune and its frequency is able to be heard and able to penetrate to a deeper level. But the sound itself and the chauffeur itself, we said, are here to be part of something called rehabilitation or, for that matter, repair. What repair and rehabilitation is there with just listening to the chauffeur? Well, that is something that you need a couple of parables to understand that idea. You see, there is a certain part of your being that is already different than intellectual and emotional self, and that is the word dignity or the emotion of dignity. Dignity is the world-building emotion. It's where my world connects with your world. Sometimes we connect emotionally. Sometimes we connect intellectually. But then there are people you've never met or people you've known forever. And in just a moment, they can completely assault your existence or lift your existence by a look, by a cry, by a sound, by some feeling and connection. Someone on the street can walk by, look at you the wrong way, and your full existence is hurt by this experience. Sometimes you can meet somebody and they say one thing or smile in one way or hold one door and it could lift their, your, their whole, your whole experience. So the concept of dignity is the most fine tune within yourself that is about how it relates to other people. And this layer, we oftentimes try to protect it and put layers around it, but no matter what, People can penetrate that, whether they're on your level, whether they're below your level, or whether they're above your level. Thus, it is the ultimate medium. When we say on Rosh Hashanah that God is king, what we are essentially saying is God is malchut. Malchut really means dignity, the connection between God's world and our world, or our world within our world to another world. Now, Rosh Hashanah isn't necessarily about repairing your relationship between you and other human beings. The main focus of Rosh Hashanah is repairing your relation between you and creation itself. After all, Rosh Hashanah celebrates the day of creation. So, blowing of the shofar is about this this emittance of a sound that connects my world to your world, or at least that confrontational sound that my world needs to think about how it's affected by the world and how it affects it back. And when we're able to rehabilitate ourselves and realize how close we are to all the other worlds around us that we face and how we interact with one another, that sound asks us to do more and to reach higher. That is ultimately why it's called the day of Malchut, of God becoming king, because it really is not a king as a dictator or a king as a Disney character. 
it's more of a king as in my, my kingship and your kingship, the way they take each other. After all, kingship is a sovereignty and I have to take sovereign control of my own existence as best as I can to really develop a self that when it meets another world and another existence, we're only here to add value to one another and to be able to add value to the world around us. How do you really explain, though, something that is beyond words? How do you explain the dignity of existence without true intellectual or emotional development? So comes Rosh Hashanah, and Rosh Hashanah brings me back to an ancient parable. The ancient parable is that there is a king that has a child, and the child is destined to take over the king. The problem is, is the king is wise and recognizes that if the child takes over It's not going to be like him. Unlike him, which went through a full existence to become what he became, his child was born in the lap of luxury, was born in the time and period where things were at peace. And thus, if he becomes king, he'll never know what it's like to struggle. He'll never know what the human being goes through because he's been surrounded by the palace walls. So the king comes up with a plan that is difficult, but after all, it's important for the future of the kingdom and for his own child to go out there and experience the world. So when he's a young man, he sends him out for many years to go study in schools and to go learn other languages and to go meet people of all walks of life and to be out there. Many years go by, and when the son comes back, he tries to trace his back to the kingdom. At this point, his language has already been shaped with many other tongues. His culture has been affected by many other cultures. And by the time he comes to the palace gates, he doesn't sound and he can't express what it was like to be the son of the king when he left. And thus the guards don't believe him when he says, I am the child of the king. So they said, listen, we don't know who you are. You're not allowed in the gates unless you have an appointment. We don't care what you say you are. You can't express yourself for us to understand it. So the man starts crying. After all, everything has been lost. The whole journey was there for him to grow. And now he can't reach his father's ears. He can't reach the kingdom. The king on the other side of the wall is going for a walk. He's in his garden. He's in his beautiful garden and orchard. And he hears from the other side of the world a cry. And right away he knows that cry. That is the sound of his son who is back and here and ready to connect. This parable given by early Hasidic masters was all about the idea that the king is in his garden that represents God's dignity, God's connection to the world that he created or to the worlds that we inhabit. He's in a garden in in a designed place that has a perfectly balanced tapestry. And all it's waiting for is for another human being to connect in this beautiful environment, in this beautiful world. But sometimes we have a hard time getting back to that space. We start believing the world is a jungle. We start being affected by the challenges we've seen, and we don't know if we could ever make it back. And by the time we get back, we have a hard time expressing the royalty and the dignity that we're capable of as a human being. So the sound of the shofar represent that inner cry that never changes, that part of us that is pure, that when we take our breath, our life force, and we squeeze it through the ram's horn, through nature, we're able to express in a simple sound that I am here. I am here for the calling of meeting God and dignity itself, meaning any dignity that comes my way, and bringing value to it and adding value to it. There is a modern parable that comes to mind with this. Last year, Hanukkah, I was sitting with Eric Weinstein, now has his podcast, The Portal, and Eric Weinstein lit the menorah, 
and we had a very beautiful conversation about Jewish life, and uh, for that matter, about atheistic Jewish life, and all the beauty that comes with two Jews having a beautiful conversation. I had told him that in the past I had traveled to many far-flung countries in order to connect with Jewish people who don't have rabbis or communities. And he said that he had just been on a trip in a town called Zhitomer, which is in Ukraine, and he was on a train. And on that train, he was somewhat looking for something to do, and he went to the car that had, had a bar or had drinks, served meals, and he sat down and had himself a beverage in this cart. And in the cart, there were also a group of coal miners. And the coal miners were in uh, a great mood. After all, they were drinking and they were on a train, so they weren't working. And they started dancing and they were getting really rowdy. And during their rowdy space that they were in, it looked like there could be a brawl that would break out. And one of Eric Weinstein's, uh, I would call it tricks, or one of his ways of handling stress in life is to pull out his harmonica and to play beautiful tunes. So he takes out his harmonica and he starts playing tunes and sure enough, it diffuses the situation and begins uh, a nice dance breaks out amongst the coal miners and there's great energy in the cart. But after a, a few songs go by, all of a sudden it's not quite hitting the tone that it should be or maybe his mind was wandering and it was hard to find the right songs, but he recognizes that he didn't fully calm the cart yet. He's got to really continue with the beats. So all of a sudden he starts playing Jewish tunes out of his harmonica. As the Jewish tunes continue, the night does well and he's able to diffuse the situation. Towards the end of this, of his song playing and towards the end of this evening, somebody walks up to Eric Weinstein, a woman, part of the coal mining crew, and she walks right up to him and she pulls out from under her shirt a star of David. And she says, your Jewish tunes touched me. I am also a Jew. This story blew my mind. Here is a preeminent Jewish genius, I hope it's okay I'm calling him that, that is diffusing a situation through sound, through music, but is creating an everlasting connection between two Jewish people on a train in Ukraine through Jewish tunes, through a harmonica. To me, that is as deep as the chauffeur itself emitting a tune, emitting that simple cry, not just connecting us one another, not just connecting one another Jew, but human beings to the world and to the dignity that we possess that we must give to the world around us. But more importantly, it's giving us an ability to transcend wherever we are holding in life to be able to reach higher. And it is this transcendence, this call that is beyond where we're holding intellectually and where beyond where we're holding emotionally that help us look back and bring our intellect and emotion up with us to the level that we are at. In Jewish tradition, we try not to use the word faith because it represents in modern language a dogmatic principle. What we use is the term trust, that we trust that the way things have worked for us till now, it is certainly going to work for us in the future. This is precisely what the chauffeur's job is. It develops a sense of trust, a connection between who we are and the growth that we need to have. It reminds us that we are capable of reaching incredible heights if we'd only allow ourselves to transcend where we're holding and then bring our intellect and emotion up to us to where we're holding. It's like finding that incredible relationship and knowing that I may not be good enough for it, but if I hit that relationship, I will make myself better 
so that I can have this incredible space. It's like understanding the depth of life and realizing that in order to really understand life, you have to live it, and then your reasoning can all come up to it. The chauffeur wants you to rise to the level that you're supposed to be. Just like this incredible spiral of time, also, by the way, explained by Eric Weinstein as the DNA spiral that really allows us to have this movement of upward trajectory, this incredible upward trajectory that we have going on, sometimes we don't feel like the year was great or we don't feel like we've risen to the level that we're supposed to get to. But when you go for it and you reach that sound of the shofar, you take your start from your dignity and you realize the power that you possess to connect to another world, all the other parts of your life lift up to it. You have an intellectual problem that you need to overcome. You have an emotional maturity that you need to achieve in order to have a strong relationship. You have success that you have been, it's been elusive. The chauffeur says, get control of your dignity. Recognize the power you possess to connect to other human beings, to connect with nature, and more importantly, to connect to the creator behind it all. And when you start from that level, your intellect and your emotion will rise all the way up to that occasion and be able to completely and ultimately objectively tell yourself, I have more to accomplish and I can maximize my potential. So wishing you an incredible week of introspection. I hope you're able to hear the sound of the chauffeur. And in order to really take it home, I'd like to blow the chauffeur sounds for you here. Now, this doesn't really count as the chauffeur blowing itself, but at least for podcast purposes, you can at least have that feeling within you. Thanks for tuning in. Drop us a rating. Anyone will do. We just know you're out there. Send me some feedback at, at, at word at rabbiparrots.com. Thank you, Paladin Studios. Talk to you soon. Having now.